Well, as I talk to you from Acts chapter 9, we're just going to read one verse together in just a moment, and I want to talk to you about being a multiplying church and what that means, how we've seen that in the book of Acts how we have seen that in the history of our church and, and really, uh, really in, in, in history in general and how we hope to see that in the future. Here's a little recap of the series that we have looked at over the past uh, six or seven weeks or so. We started out talking about the mission of the church in Matthew chapter 28 and uh, we're going to kind of end up there today as, uh, as, as we look at this. But uh, this, this series recap... I believe I have a, a, a slide there to show you all the different sermons uh, that we've done throughout the past six weeks. And we've talked about all these things. And as we have, I really hope that, that I really hope that it has renewed your love and your passion for God's people. Wherever you may find yourself in this life, I pray that you will be dedicated and committed to finding yourself a place among God's people. That you will I hope that you have absolutely, if you hadn't already, just fallen in love with God's church, and hopefully have a better view of what church is all about. This definition that I have given you for church, the universal church, is uh, the people of God from every nation, tribe, people, and tongue. These are your people. These are. This is what you part of. You are a part of a global movement of God from people that you may never meet in this life, people that have come before you, uh, people that have gone after you. You have a connection to them, and you're supposed to reflect that among what we call the local church. And here's a definition that I've tried to give you in, uh, of the local church. It's as, as about as simple of a definition as that I can give you as what a local church is. And that is a gathering of Jesus followers that unite really for two primary purposes, worship and mission. Pretty much everything that we do as a congregation, everything that we do as a church should fall under one of those two things, worship and mission. And what I'm going to suggest to you today, I'm going to suggest to you today, based upon God's Word, based upon the reality of what we see in our city and in the world, that we need more local churches. We need more local churches, more gatherings of people that will unite for worship and mission. And the place where we go to see a model for that is in the book of Acts. In the book of Acts, we see the birth of the church, and we see this explosive multiplication that happens with the church that happens all over the known world at the time. And so this verse that we're going to read is really just a summary. A lot of the times what we'll do is we'll read blocks of material that give us a lot of detail. Today, we're just going to look at one verse that's going to give us a summary of what was happening in the book of Acts among the church of God at that particular time. This summary is much like maybe what you would get in like a hallway conversation. Like if you were to see somebody in the hallway that you hadn't seen in a month or two months or six months, and you just talk to them for a minute or two and say, hey, 
tell me what's been going on with you. And they say, well, I've started a new job, or I have a new child, or I bought a new car, or I went on a neat vacation. And you just, you just kind of give a summary, just a quick snapshot of what's been going on in your life. We see that today in this one verse, and we actually see it multiple times in the book of Acts, these little summaries, these little snapshots of what was going on in the church of God during that time. And I pray that God's going to use this today to encourage you. Stand with me. I just want to read this one verse together. Acts chapter 9, uh, Acts chapter 9, verse 31. Here's, here, hear what the authoritative Word of God says in this instance. It says, So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Let's pray. God, I ask that today that you would use this one verse. And really, God, just this one word, this one word at the end of this verse to teach us what church multiplication looks like. Help us to see that it happened in the book of Acts, that it's happened in the history of the world. God, that it's been happening in the history of our church. And God, it's something that you want to continue. Encourage us today. Lead us, guide us, teach us. And we offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So we see this pattern of church multiplication that happened all throughout the book of Acts. I don't really have the time to summarize uh, all of everything that was happening in the book of Acts and everything that we see in the book of Acts, but suffice it to say that we see a church that is multiplied, and we see it multiply all throughout the known world. We don't necessarily see individual churches getting bigger. Rather, what we see is God's church multiplying and spreading and becoming larger as it scatters out through the region. That is a little bit different than what we normally associate with modern church growth strategy. A lot of modern church growth strategy says, let's build ourselves up. Let's grow bigger. Let's grow larger in one location. What we see in the book of Acts is not so, is not so much this, uh, this vertical growth of growing larger in one location, but rather this horizontal growth of growing larger and spreading out over massive regions. And really, it happened all over the known world at the time. And there was no man-made formula for this. There was no magic bullet. There was no superstar megachurch pastor that wrote a book about church strategy and leadership and visioneering and passed it down to everybody else and they implemented some special model of church. That's not how it happened. You didn't have any of that in the book of Acts. You had Jesus who gave his word to his disciples and in the book of Acts, all you have is the people of God walking into the spirit of, the God, of, of, of God and quoting the word of God. That's, that's all you had. The people of God, the spirit of God, and the word of God. And that was enough for God's church to multiply all over the place. And this is a summary of kind of how it happened. I, I love the fact that it tells us where the church spread. 
It tells us the regions where the church spread. It said that it spread throughout Judea and throughout Galilee and throughout Samaria, a large swath of land. So the church didn't grow this way. It grew this way as it spread all over these places. And the Bible says that they had peace. This is one of the few times that we see all throughout history in the book of Acts and all throughout history that the church in general had peace. Typically, the church has persecution and struggle and hardship, but in this particular time, it had peace. And then there was a lifestyle in which they walked. The Bible says um, that, uh, that that they were built up. This is, a, this is a wonderful word to talk about what, hap- what was happening within God's church that led to multiplication. It says that they were built up. This is a constructual word, not necessarily to talk about um, buildings and structures per se, but, to, uh, but a word that talks about strengthening, a word that speaks about being edified, a word that is really more of a spiritual strengthening. In fact, when the Scripture says right here that the church was being built up, this is exactly what Jesus said that he was going to do with and within his church. You may remember the sermon that I preached a few weeks ago from Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, where Jesus uh, told Peter, he said, you are Peter and on this rock I'm going to build my church. That's what Jesus said he was going to do. And here we see in the book of Acts, that's exactly what's happening. The church is being built up. You see, it doesn't matter if you're a big church. What matters is if you're a strong church. And that's what we see in the book of Acts. Churches being built up, not necessarily growing larger, but churches that are growing stronger. And the result of this is that they walked in a godly lifestyle. They walked in the fear of the Lord. They walked in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. And then we see this one word. This one word that I really want to clue in strongly with today. The Bible, and if if we're not careful, we can just blow right past it. But the Bible says that it multiplied, that the church multiplied. And that might lead us to ask ourselves, well, what church? Which church? All of them. The whole whole church. This, this This is speaking about all the people of God in that particular region. All the people of God throughout Judea, all the people of God throughout Galilee, all the people of God throughout Samaria, all of them. The Bible says that they multiplied. This was not speaking about just one particular church, but all of these people as they gathered together in local places for worship and mission. The scripture says that it multiplied. This means to greatly increase. And this multiplication, it it happened in the book of Acts. It's happened all throughout history since Jesus rose from the dead, and it's continuing to happen. And I want to suggest to you today that it's never going to stop, that there's going to be this continual multiplication of disciples and multiplication of God's church that is going to continue until the end of time. In the Old Testament, it happened a certain way. You see, it's always been God's will for his people to multiply. You remember Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 2? What did God say to them when he created them in his image? He said, be fruitful and multiply. 
In other words, go have a bunch of babies that bear the image of God and that will walk, continue to walk with me in the cool of the day in this place called paradise or the Garden of Eden. God said, be fruitful and multiply. Now, we all know something bad happened in that situation, uh, the fall of man. But God's desire for his people to multiply didn't stop. So God started a new plan. Remember that guy named Abram? I believe it's in Genesis chapter 12. He told Abram, he said, listen, I'm going to multiply your offspring. They're going to be like the sand on the sea. They're gonna, you're not going to be able to count them. They're going to be like the stars in heaven. And that began to happen. And uh, remember whenever God's people were held captive in Egypt? You would think that that would quell the population of God's people. But God multiplied them. They became millions of people as they walked across the Red Sea and across the desert and entered into the Promised Land. And what did God tell those people during that time? He told parents in Deuteronomy chapter 6, He said, I want you to multiply. I want you to have babies. I want you to raise kids. I want you to teach the next generation about how to be a worshiper. And that's, that's the way that God's people multiplied in the Old Testament. They did it through childbirth. Now God's people multiply in an additional way. We don't just multiply by raising our kids to be godly. Now we multiply through seeing people uh, experience a new birth in Christ. As people become born again, as people come to know Jesus as Savior, it's not necessarily a biological growth as much as it is a supernatural rebirth. As we spread the gospel, as we tell people about Jesus, and as more people come to know Christ. And it happened so fast in the book of Acts. As the gospel began to spread, the very first sermon that Peter preached um, 2,000 people or, or more, there roundabouts, got saved. And what did they do? They began to meet in homes. They began to gather in the temple together. They began to share their faith. Persecution came along, and they spread back to their uh, countries of origin. And they began to spread their, uh, spread their faith. They began to tell people about Christ. More churches began to form. And so much so that it made some Jews uncomfortable. Some of them said, wow, even Gentiles are getting saved. And then it, it's multiplied so much, and we don't have time to look all the way through the book of Acts, but it multiplied so much it spread to places like Cyprus and Antioch and Iconium and Lystra and Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea and Athens and Corinth and Greece and Ephesus and ultimately to Rome and way far beyond that. Eventually, it came across the ocean to a place at that time they called the New World and came all the way here to Tennessee, to Cookville. It's spread all over the known world, and it's continuing to spread. God's church continues to multiply. And the pattern of multiplication that we see in the book of Acts and that we see that has happened all throughout history for the past 2,000 years is the same multiplication that we have seen in 75 years of history 
at Stephen Street Baptist Church. You see, from a practical standpoint, there's really three main ways that a church would multiply. A church, uh, a church can multiply itself by growing stronger and bigger. And we've seen that over 75 years. I'm going to show you some of that on the screen in just a moment. We've grown stronger, we've grown larger, we've grown bigger. That's, that's, one, way to, that's one way to multiply. Another way to multiply would say we're going to, we're going to travel places uh, all over the globe and we're going to help plant God's church and make disciples in various places all over. And we've seen that in the history of Stephen Street. And another way, a more sacrificial way that a church would multiply would be to say, you know what? We're going to multiply outside of ourselves. We're going we're to say, here we are as a group, and we are going to multiply and start a church that's going to minister to the same people that we're trying to minister to in our town. In other words, start a new church out of your church. We've seen all of these happen in 75 years at Stephen Street. We've seen ourselves multiply and be built up through various additions. Here's, here's a timeline that I'll show you today, and there's a lot, a lot more to this. But all the way back in 1940, we see there were 17 people that caught a vision for starting a church in this location. 17 people from First Baptist Church that came out of First Baptist Church, which is less, less than a mile away from us, and came over here and started a brand new church. And then we see that seven years later, there were 84 people that constituted uh, uh, our church, and we built our original worship center. We completed it in 1948. And since that time, especially over the past 30 years, we've seen all types of expansion. We've seen all types of new people. We built all types of buildings leading into uh, what you see here today. In 75 years, we have gone from 5,000 square feet and one building to 100,000 square feet. And depending on who you ask, probably five or six buildings, depending on what you consider a building. We've gone from 84 charter members 75 years ago to somewhere around 1,100 attendees and maybe eight or 900 of you showing up in any given Sunday. But most importantly, in 75 years, we have led to the Lord. You have led to the Lord and baptized 2,212 people. You can say amen. You can say praise the Lord. I mean, these are, these are just, these are just the, the ones that we know about. We, we, don't, really, we don't really have any idea of, of, the, of the true impact that, that, that we've had. Uh, and I mean, I, I, can't even, I can't even recount the, the amount of money that we've given away to missions, but we have, we have seen God multiply right here among ourselves. Do you think those original 17 people who met under a tree for worship almost 80 years ago could possibly have conceived of the multiplication that would happen here? They, 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 they might not have been able to see it, but they knew God was up to something. And then we can also multiply ourselves through global missions. 
Look at all of these global mission efforts that we've been involved in. Many of these, many of these really more in the past 20 or 30 years. Look at all the places that we've gone. And these are just the ones that we can recount. These are just the ones that we can remember. All the ways that we have multiplied disciples and multiplied churches all over the world. Starting, in, as best as we can tell, in, in the year 2000 with Montana. Uh, this year we celebrated 20, a 20-year 20 partnership in Romania. And of course, you just saw on the screen Alex Dixon in 2021. We ordained him. We sent him out to Pittsburgh. Many of you helped to disciple and train Alex. Some of, uh, some of you here were even instrumental in, in, in leading Alex to know Jesus as Savior. And now we are multiplying ourselves. We are taking part in multiplication uh, through that effort. We're also multiplying ourselves through raising up leaders. I can't even think of all the people that have come through here that you have trained and equipped, you have encouraged, that you have developed. I said to someone this past week that Stephen Street is like a place that great leaders come and, and they're here for, with us for a while and, and then they fly away to some beautiful place and do a beautiful work for God. And these are just a few that have, have come to our minds. I don't even know some of the people that are, that are on this list, and I think this list is probably a hundred times bigger. But we also multiply ourselves through short-term mission involvement. Each year, you make a sacrifice of money and time, and you go to strange and exotic places all over the world, and we help to send you. In 2017, we sent out 124 of you on mission. And you can see every year, of course, we had a, didn't have a very good year in COVID and, 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 and in 2021. But this year, we're kind of back to seeing many people going on mission, 132 people. That is almost 15% of our average attendance, um, uh, weekly average weekly attendance that are going on missions. In 75 years, we have given millions of dollars to missions, just giving it away. In the same way that you take 10% of your earnings and you give to the church, we take at least 10%. Some years it's as much as 20-25% money that we, we just give away. We don't keep it and use it. We just give it away. We give it away to mission partners in town. We give it away to missionaries and church planters all over the globe. We give through like Lottie Moon. A 100% of every dollar that you give at the Lottie Moon auction, we give it all away. And because it's one of the ways that we multiply ourselves. But the way I want to point out today, very specifically, a way that we multiply ourselves is through church multiplication. Actually starting new churches in our area. We've done this a couple of times before. How many of you here today know that, or knew, that, knew that Stephen Street started these two churches? How many of you here today knew that before you walked in, into the building? How many? Wow, one, two, two people, three people, only three, only, wow, you're good, man. Only three people in this whole church knew. We've, so it's been a long time. It's been a long time. You know that we've been giving money to missions. You know that we've been sending people around the globe. Uh, you, you know that we've been multiplying ourselves in other ways. But we also have a history of starting churches. I mean, after all, that makes sense. First Baptist started us, 17 people. They multiplied themselves. 
First Baptist couldn't be a church the size of us and them in that location. If you don't believe me, just try to get a ticket to go see our Christmas thing. They're sold out. They're gone. We don't have room. We don't have room for their church and our church in one location. But when 17 people decided to say, hey, we're going to do something new and we're going to go start a church, now there's multiplication. And we've done it twice before, but we haven't done it in 28 years. Not in Putnam County. We haven't done it in 28 years here in our town. And there is a huge need for this. I want to show you some quick stats and then I'll be done. Look at these stats. In the past 12 years, there have only been, and this number's debatable, I've tried to ask some pastors in town um, of, of how many churches have been started, and the best we can tell, all the pastors in town that I've talked to, there's been about seven churches, seven new churches in the past 12 years. And only four among our particular association. We, are associ we have a, a strong association with about 50-some-odd churches in Putnam County. Only four. I mean, now think about that. Only four within our association that believe like we do, that believe in mission like we do, that believe the Bible like we do. Only four among our association. And in the midst of that, right now... Right now, in this very moment, there are 40,000 people that are not worshiping Jesus anywhere. They're sitting at home. They're getting ready for, to watch football. They're sleeping late. They're headed somewhere else. They're doing whatever they might be doing, but they're not worshiping. This is based upon our population size minus the number of people that we know are filling all of our churches right now within a seven-mile radius. 40,000 people aren't worshiping. And Putnam County, this is everybody can see this happening, has grown 13% in 12 years. That's 9,000 people. 9,000 people. Can I suggest to you today that even if even if all the churches in Putnam County were healthy and flourishing and fruitful, which they're not, if all of them were healthy, we still could not reach just the new people that are coming into our town. We can't build buildings enough big enough for them. We, there's no way we're going to build a building big enough to house the number of people that potentially we could reach. There's no way that all the churches in our town are going to say, we're just going to grow this way and reach our city. No, we have to look back at the pattern of Acts. And those churches, they didn't grow this way. They grew this way. They spread out all over a region. Oh, what if God... What if God could do that in our city? What if the gospel could spread so strongly and so many more disciples could get made that we just started seeing new churches pop up everywhere? I wonder what comes first, the chicken or the egg? Do we make the disciples and then start the church or do we start churches that make disciples? I tend to think that they both kind of work together. 
As you spread the gospel and start churches, and as you start churches and spread the gospel, you see more local churches. I want every church in this town. What if, what if every church in our town started a new healthy church over the next 12 years? What if we, what if we all did it? Not just us. Not just Stephen Street. What, what if we all did it? What if we all got together and said, let's reach our city, let's reach our county for Jesus? Would you pray about that with me? Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. Multiplication requires sacrifice. And there's nothing that pictures the gospel better than sacrifice. When you came to know Jesus that very first time, that's what you did. You looked at the sacrifice Jesus made for you, and you sacrificed everything. I remember the day I got saved. I said, Lord, if you save me, I'll follow you for the rest of my life. I give up everything. That's what you did when you got saved. You gave up everything. You sacrificed everything. What would Jesus have you to sacrifice now? What would he have you to sacrifice so that his church could multiply? Would he have you go on a mission trip? Would he have you sacrifice some time to go on a mission trip? Would he have you sacrifice some treasure to give to our go offering? What would he have you to sacrifice? Would he ask you to sacrifice that sinful habit that's holding you back from being everything that he wants you to be? Pray about that. What, 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 do you, what do you think Jesus wants you to sacrifice? Now, if you don't know Jesus today, I'm going to ask you to make a big sacrifice. I want you to sacrifice everything. I want you to put yourself on a cross, and I want you to say, I give up everything to follow Jesus. Would you call upon Jesus right now? Ask him to save you. Give up everything to him. You spend a few moments in prayer, and then we'll sing.